Hey everybody! Hi. Welcome to Latter Day <laughs> Lesbian. Shelly, really? God. Can I not get through it? Mm-mm. The podcast about an ex Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. And we have a special guest today. Cue music. Really, that song sucks. The yeah, most horrible song. And you know, we're not telling our guests to shut up, just so everyone's clear. We're telling Mary, the song to shut up. Nobody thinks that. All Mormons and ex-Mormons know that song sucks so bad that when we say, shut <laughs> up. What about people who have never heard that song before? They'll hate it the first like time me. they hear it. Didn't you hate it the first time? <laughs> yeah, we get to play it every time we have a guest on. <laughs> I know. Uh, so yeah, our guest today is Rachel. A little bit about Rachel. I knew her from church when I was an adult and she was probably teenager uh, I was, let's see, 12 to 16 in that way. Wow, that's crazy. So, Did I ever teach yeah. any of your classes? No. No. Isn't that wacky? That's yeah, wacky. That is wacky. Uh, and just so you know, we've we've remained in contact. They they since moved, her and her family moved out of the ward where I was in. Yes. Um, I left the church, obviously, and I kind of was keeping track of Rachel. Just, just oh, not keeping track. That sounds very creepy. She was stalking I you. I was stalking her like I do because she has pretty hair. I mean, I do. I, I love your hair. It's, actually. it's amazing. But I noticed some of her Facebook posts would be a little bit like... Hmm, she might be on her way out. Of her the shelf church. might be her shelf breaking, might be getting real heavy, cracking, and yeah. so I kind of kept watching. And pretty soon, I was like, "Boom! Shelf is broken." I can totally tell, and um, it was awesome. And I know listeners are. Shelly's really that. bad at muting her electronics. Where's my mute? <laughs> She's um, do, you need, do you need the millennial to find it? For I you? do. Usually, my, Diana is our, my millennial. Now you can be as well. Like, I don't know how to mute this. Anyway, I know listeners who are ex-Mormon. I understand the excitement you get when you see someone that you knew when you were Mormon. When you see that they are nearing ex-Mormonism, it's the excitement of there's going to be someone else that understands me. And um, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a good place to be. That does have to be a good feeling. Yeah. So uh, so why do we have Rachel on specifically well, that's today? That's what I was about to say. Shelley, so, um, I'm good at keeping this show on track. <sighs> I know. I'm such a rambler. <laughs> so when this comes out, it will come out the Sunday right before oh. Pioneer Day. Um, anyone who's never mowed is probably like, the hell is what that? What the fuck is Pioneer Day? So in Utah, it's July 24th. Well, it's for Mormons, it's July 24th everywhere. But in Utah, it's seriously bigger than the 4th of July. It's huge. It's like the, the entire whole state, the state stops completely. There are, um, it's like the days of 47 rodeo and every talk and all the churches all crying about our pioneers. People reenact shit. Really, it's bigger than the 4th of July. Am I right, Rachel? Yes. Having lived there for four years as a child, there's just fireworks all July. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Do we even think the pioneers brought fireworks with them? No, but we do know that they brought coffee and tea, even though it is now prohibited. Whoops. True story. Um, But we're getting way ahead. Yeah, we should back up a little bit and talk about Patreon. Well, no. First, I want to talk about... Yeah, we'll do Patreon. We have... (laughs) Five new patrons, which seriously, these people are kicking so much ass. We're hitting our goal every week lately. So thank you for that. I know. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. Makes me feel loved. And it makes me want to drink this yummy cocktail, which we can talk about in a minute. Go ahead. What's in it, baby? 
It's uh, mint because they didn't have basil and watermelon. Mm-hmm. A little bit of simple syrup or agave because I was lazy. I didn't feel like making simple syrup. I knew it. I knew you'd get. You knew you'd. I knew you'd get lazy. Um, and I forgot we had agave. Just throw a little bit of that in there and gin mm-hmm. and lime and lime juice. Yeah, it's yeah. kicking ass. Okay, it's so delicious. It's delicious. You really have had a little too much of it. I know. No, not I yet. know. <laughs> not yet. You'll know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Back to the patrons. Yes. Okay. okay. So five new ones. Are you ready? I'm ready. Andrea C. Ooh. Unless it's Andrea C. That's and true. You may write in and correct me if I'm wrong. Mindy okay. M. Oh, nice. Thank you, Mindy M. It's like Mork and Mindy. <laughs> I don't no? think so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Huh. Becca M. Becca okay. with a K. All right. M. And Tyler G, like the original G. Why do you, what is that? Like the original gangster. Oh. You're, um, you're so old. Uh, fine. <laughs> Lastly, Josh B. Thank you, Josh B. Seriously, we could not. I know I say this every time. We couldn't do this without you guys. We have expenses, and with your contributions, we were able to just about cover them so we can keep on podcasting. And because we had a guest last week and we have a guest this week, uh, we bought another microphone. Mm -hmm, We did. It's very nice. You like it? It's a nice microphone. It's very good in front of you, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And I got a a little mixing board. Not an expensive one, but it's Mm -hmm. like you have to plug in to get all the mics on separate tracks. You have to have a mixing board, as it turns out, when it's more than two mics in GarageBand. In a Mac computer. Oh, well, there you a little go. lesson here. She got all technological and shit. Moving yeah, on. Moving on. All right. Um, I wanted to say something. So, oh, wait. What? Before you do, go. I just okay. want to say, don't forget, if you would like to support this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash Latter-day Lesbian and sign up. Thanks so much. Yeah, we're having fun on there. We released an after show last week, and we just videoed an after show yep. this morning that will be back. We'll be we'll, Use your words, Shelley. Thank you. That will be out next week sometime, maybe yeah. a week after. But um, yeah, Probably we're getting our shit together. Week. Baby, way to get your yeah. shit together. Um, it's just me getting my shit together? I mean, my shit's come much. It's been together. Oh, has it? Okay. <laughs> All right. And a little clump. <laughs> yeah, a little uh, tidbit about our audio editor, Dan, at Extension Audio. Mm-hmm. He also edits video. Yeah, he's crushing it. Yeah, so he edits our after show videos. Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah. Way to All go, right. Dan. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Dan. What's next, Shelly? Oh, what, this is what I want to talk about is congratulations to the women's soccer team, the USA uh-huh. women's soccer team for winning the World Cup. Yes. Yeah. It was so awesome. Yeah. Like amazing. Those girls are amazing. Women, whatever you want to call them. But what I want to say was when I was a kid back in the 80s and 90s, there were not um, like strong female athletes for me to look up to. And I hmm. was a female athlete. And any any female athlete, I actually can't even think of any, but any female athlete that became very good at something was would be made fun of in my house. Like, oh, she's a dude. Look at that dude. Oh. Um, so you couldn't you couldn't be a woman and athletic and strong. It, it was you had to be like a dyke. You know that was the the term. Yeah, and okay. So I was gonna say I could think of tennis as um, a sport that. You know, Billie Jean King. Sure. Martina. But to me, that wasn't like, because I wanted to be manly or whatever, it wasn't It wasn't a sport like basketball, football. They were also both lesbians. 
Well, so there you go. Clearly. <laughs> um, but like the aggressive sports, like soccer, that's an aggressive sport. Okay. And because the tennis players had to wear skirts, to me, that was like, well, uh, that's not really a strong thing. And I know, I, I know I'm so screwed up in the head, for sure. Because it shouldn't okay. matter. It's okay. We all are. <laughs> we love you through it. Oh, Rachel, so sweet. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so for me, it was like, wow, I wonder if I would have had that kind of female personality to look up to when I was a child what could have been different. So I'm very mm. happy for kids these days that can look up to these female athletes, both gay and straight, doesn't matter, and see what can become. I think it's amazing. That is pretty awesome. Nice right. aside there. I know, plus they're all hot. What? <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I sure said it. I mean, it's kind of true. Yeah. Whatever happened to that Abby Wambach? I guess she uh, retired or something. Yeah, she retired a few years back, I think. Which was the one that ripped her shirt off after they won some really important match? Mia Hamm? Was that Mia Hamm? I think so. I'm almost positive you're right on that. So they won, or she'd scored a goal. I don't remember what it was. And like the men do, she ran across the field, she took her shirt off and threw it, and then skidded across the field on her knees and was like flexing like, yeah! I saw that and I was like, oh, some, something inside me said, oh, and I, I was still um, not out of the closet at that point, didn't have any idea that I was gay, but there was something that stirred in me when I saw that because this was a strong, attractive female. Was that the Holy Ghost? It might have been. <laughs> uh, but you know what's interesting about that is the men would do that all the time, but when she did it, and she was wearing a sports bra, everything is totally covered. Uh-huh. She got reamed by sportscasters and news people. She was wearing a bra. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It was inappropriate for a girl to take her shirt off what? at a sport. I know. It's ridiculous. I think they should all play topless. <laughs> be oh, too but the bouncing though. Yeah. Oh well, just just okay, but with a sports bra on. Okay, because those right. ab muscles are phenomenal. Oh, they're beautiful. I mean, beautiful that's abs. basically what they're wearing when female athletes play beach volleyball. They're basically they're wearing, wearing less than beach volleyball, but for some reason, she got in trouble for taking her shirt off that's and so throwing stupid. it. But I know. I mean. Mm. Because patriarchy. Yeah, exactly. Well, right. Let's exactly. be honest Exactly. Here. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Right. So let's go back to the Pioneer thing. Yeah, um, Pioneer we, Day. Pioneer how, Day. How long has this been celebrated in Utah? Well, like, I don't know. Why is it called Days of 47? Do you know? They 47. got there in 1847. So maybe that that's maybe it's been celebrated since then, kind of. I don't know. Probably not. Maybe it's later. Who knows? Are you yeah. asking me for dates? <laughs> this matter. might be a good time to talk to Fact Check Fanny and see if she can. I thought find it was out. Fanny Fact Check. Fuck. What are we gonna call it? <laughs> I thought it was Sister Fanny Fact Check. All right, Sister Fanny Fact Check. <laughs> we we will look relief into... society dropout. Mm-hmm. This might be a new segment, so just bear with us. We'll see if it comes to fruition. We need to make sure Sister Fanny Fact Check is on board. Is what uh, we need to she do. is. I asked her. She's all, right. all. She's all about it. Okay. Okay. All right. So what? Are, what do we want to know from Sister Fanny? When was the first <laughs> Pioneer Day celebrated? Okay. All right. There you go, Sister. I know you're listening <laughs> next week when this is actually coming out. Exactly. Um, so we decided to talk about Trek, and Trek is a miserable, horrible, stupid thing that the church people make the youth do to honor their Pioneer heritage. It's basically a pioneer reenactment. Well, we had recorded an episode about Trek and then went to Utah Pride. Mm-hmm. And then people were coming up to our booth and saying, oh, my God, I got to tell you my Trek story. Yeah. And then more people were writing in, oh, I've got the best Trek story. It's yep. so crazy. So we started getting letters and then talking to Rachel here. Oh, yes. Has a bunch of Trek stories. Mm-hmm. It's great stuff. So we decided to dedicate a little more time to Trek. 
So how do we want to start this off? Pioneers in Mormonism are revered as the most faithful people and that we need to look up to them and follow what they've done and that they gave all to follow God, which in reality, they gave all to follow a man by the name of Brigham Young who said, go West. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think that's something that we should revere, that people were just blindly following a dude who says he speaks for God and sends people ahead of him, sends him in the winter, sends him whenever, and so many people die. But for some reason in the Mormon world, it's like this great thing that we're so proud of. I wanted to read this hand cart hypocrisy thing really quickly so people get a better idea of what I'm talking about. The name of this book is called Devil's Gate, Brigham Young and the Great Mormon Handcart Tragedy. It's oh, by wow. David Roberts. And it's a book you can purchase probably on Amazon. Yes, I've seen, I've seen it on Amazon. So here's a little piece about it that was in the Denver Post. The Mormon handcart expeditions were the most deadly chapter in the history of westward migration in the United States. Nearly 250 of the 900 members of the Martin and Willie handcart companies, which were caught in brutal blizzards in the Wyoming and Utah mountains in the fall of 1856, died, Ooh. mostly from cold and starvation. That compares to only 42 members of the Donner Party who perished in the Sierras. Yet the Donner tragedy is so much better known. Few people beyond Western historians and members of the LDS Church know about the handcart expeditions, one of the strangest experiments in Western history. Hmm. And many of those who are aware of it see the experience as inspiring, as evidence of profound faith and divine intervention, according to Roberts. Not a single member of the handcart companies apostated, apostatized, I don't know how you say that, they claim. The truth, however, is that the planning for the handcarts was bungled through stupidity and arrogance, and the result was a journey of such horror that many who lived through it could never even talk about it. And yes, many of the survivors did leave the church. Well, with good reason, it sounds uh, yeah. like. Yeah. Prophet and LDS President Brigham Young himself thought up the handcart scheme as an expeditious way to bring impoverished converts to Zion. Young was a brilliant organizer, and there was nothing inherently wrong with the idea. The LDS converts, many from factory towns in Great Britain and Scandinavia, were too poor to purchase wagons and oxen. So instead, the prophet reasoned, they would pile their belongings on the handcarts and push them across the prairies, arriving hale and hearty in no more than 60 days, <clears throat> less time than it took to travel in a covered wagon. Bullshit. Really? Yeah, no. The reality was that poor planning and irrational decisions, even stinginess, doomed the handcart scheme from the outset. The carts were made of green wood, which means they split and broke as the pioneers pushed them across the prairie and mountains. Most of the converts were not used to the strenuous work required to propel a loaded cart over hundreds of miles. And because Young claimed the hand carts would cross in just two months, he provided for no supply stations along the route. Planning was so poor, in fact, that officials in Salt Lake did not even know how many handcart companies were stranded in the mountains in 1856. The most devastating decision was to allow the immigrants to leave late in the season. They should have been on the road in May or June, but instead the ill-fated Willie and Martin companies, two of 10 handcart companies that crossed the plains to Zion between 1856 and 1860, left in August. One arrogant church official who castigated anyone who suggested the last two companies wait until spring and who later zipped past them in his light wagon promised there would be no snow. He declared he would eat every snowflake the pioneers encountered. Oh, jeez. In fact, there was snow, thick and heavy and cold, and it all but buried the two parties of immigrants as they made their way through the mountains. The few wagons accompanying the trains couldn't handle the sick and feeble, so the infirm were piled on top of their handcarts and pushed by exhausted families. Some crawled along on their knees through the snow because their feet were frozen. 
Dozens died, a dozen or more, on some nights. Wow. Over and over again, the firsthand accounts tell of pioneers waking up in the morning next to frozen bodies. Many immigrants, I know, it's horrible. And we celebrate this Mm -hmm. shit. We celebrate that they were so faithful. Yeah, that they froze to death. Yeah, Mm -hmm. cool. Many immigrants succumbed from starvation because the organizers had underestimated the amount of food the pioneers would require. The head of one company ordered the immigrants to lighten their loads, thereby depriving them of blankets and clothing that might have saved their lives. Then he ordered the abandoned articles burned, lest their owners return to retrieve them. What's wrong with that? Jackasses. A number of (laughs) converts who survived lost limbs to frostbite. Drawing heavily on diaries and firsthand accounts, Roberts recreates the story of the Martin and Willie Hancock companies in all their agony. He rebuffs many of the stories told by earlier chronicles, including Wallace Stegner and Anne and Leroy Heffin, as well as the piousness that has crept into the various tellings. Exactly. Devil's Gate is the first major account that rips aside the veil of religiosity that has covered the Hancock story for 150 years and sanitized the fiasco, turning it into what Roberts calls the Mormon Mayflower. Wow. Anyway, I just wanted to read through that a little bit so people can kind of give an idea of of how horrible it was. And that is kind of how they wanted to recreate this experience and have kids aged 14 to 17 do the same thing. Okay. So what we have done is today we have brought our friend Rachel on who has had a horrible experience with Trek. She's going to share some of that with us. We're going to shoot some questions at her, but I think we will turn the time over. Thank you, Sister Shelley. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So tell us where, where you were when you did it, who was involved. Let's get, give us the lowdown. So we were in the Burke Ward. Um, I was tiny little 14-year-old. I mean, I was probably five foot nothing. Yeah, you were a little thing. Yeah, and 80 pounds soaking wet. Mm-hmm. And, of course, my parents were very dedicated to the authenticity. No judgment there. I actually have really pretty reasonable parents. They're just very avid rule followers, which works for a lot of people. So we did trek. It was the middle of the summer in Virginia. We went and we all drove out to the Marriott Ranch because they're Mormons. So they were like, hey, we have, you know, hundreds of acres. Go walk around with a handcart in weather inappropriate clothing. So we got there. We had to put our handcarts together. And Wait, hold on. Did you have to make your clothes? My mom made your the mom clothes, made the yes. Clothes. I made my bonnets and mm-hmm. my aprons. <laughs> Plural? You had more than one bonnet? Uh-huh. Do you uh-huh. need more than one? I mean, my first one got really Trashed. awful the first day. Yeah, uh-huh. the first day was, was pretty bad. Oh, wow. So you went with, like, the whole garb. You were, like— Oh, yeah. yeah no, we I was down the, to the bloomers. Right. Okay, let's yeah. hear your um, layers. Yeah, tell us your All layers. Right. so I wore bloomers, not mm-hmm. regular underwear, because, again— authenticity is important for sure even though literally none of the other girls were wearing bloomers i was probably the only person (laughs) um and then i had either a skirt or a long sleeve dress and they both had to go pretty much at least down to my ankles Mm -hmm. super safe for you know pushing a hand (laughs) yeah pushing a thousand pound i don't know oh it was was, well it had all of our stuff in it so it was outrageously heavy And we met up with our, quote, families, unquote. The couple that were our ma and pa had been fighting all morning, according to my parents, (laughs) who were ma and pa of a different family. Mm -hmm. So that started our family off really well. It was was really nice. A lot of tension. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then we 
all had our last meal for the day and set out. And it was probably 95 degrees and, oh, God. you know, 80% humidity. As and all is. your layers. And all the layers. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, that's to, hot for like you booty put, shorts and a tank top. Yeah, you're wearing less. your bonnet and everything. And it's just, it was just a nightmare. I was miserable. Mm. They stopped us to have what they called lunch, which was one orange. Oh, God. And a small cup of water. After we'd all been sweating profusely for about three hours. Jesus. And we then proceeded to do the woman's poll. I hate the woman's poll. There's so much wrong with that. It is the single most sexist thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Explain it to our listener and to Mary. Mary doesn't understand the woman's poll. So here's what happened in the women's poll. They actually changed the hill where they do that after our group went because they realized it was too hard. Oh. So... You're welcome for that, everyone else who went on Marriott Farm. The male members of our family were not allowed to touch the cart in any way. What, during the woman's pool? During the woman's pool. And the purpose was like, oh, well, because they got called off to war or they died or something. There's Mm -hmm. a reason why they can't. It's not just, It was like, and these women, these courageous women were all going and Mm -hmm. with all of their children and, oh, they were so faithful. God. Mm -hmm. You know, all this nonsense. And so we had to pull... This probably 1,500-pound hand cart wow. with six teenage girls between 14 and 18. <laughs> you know, me being five foot nothing and 80 pounds and no muscles. And, ju- I mean, it was absurd. It was absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. How long were you expected to carry this thing? So we had to push it up. Let me think about the slope. It was probably, it was almost 45-degree slope. I mean, it was a... It was a tough slope. Yeah. Covered in tiny rocks. So every Mm -hmm. step you take, every you're just going backwards and going backwards. Yeah, and there's no brakes on these hand carts. You can't like squeeze something to make them not roll backward on you. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to literally keep pushing the whole time. Mm -hmm. So some of the other girls who had already completed it, some of the older girls were coming down the hill Mm -hmm. and offering help. And some of the ma's and pa's allowed that. Mine did not. Oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah. So the young men in our group, (laughs) thankfully, were basically steadying us when we weren't able to push anymore. Uh And so they'd put a foot behind and just brace us so that we could take a break for the next push. It took us probably 45 minutes to go up, I don't know, 20 foot distance. Mm -hmm. That is so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It was horrible. Did it make you feel strong or weak? Because it's like, it's it's such a weird thing to be like, okay, men cannot take part. We'll see if the women can do it. And and inevitably, the men have to end up helping because it's, yeah. it's too much for 14-year-old girls that weigh we 80 pounds. We couldn't do it. We couldn't and do so it. so did you feel thankful? Did you feel like, God, that was embarrassing? Did you feel... Because I remember feeling like, well, I don't want them to have to help, you know? Because I felt I, angry. Yeah, good. Yeah, tell, tell us more about the I anger. Felt, I felt angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I was angry at my Trek parents for not letting other girls help us mm. because we were hands down the smallest group of girls mm-hmm. on Trek. No mm-hmm. question. And I was angry that they didn't feed us anything yeah. and that they didn't give us enough fluids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got to the top of the hill and vomited profusely Jeez. because I was super dehydrated yeah mm-hmm. so the medic comes around and is like oh here drink some gatorade so i you know tried to sip on gatorade they that in pioneer times pretty <laughs> yeah sure. i to this day i <laughs> can't i can't do lemon lime gatorade because all i can think of is track it just makes me want to throw up oh, and i vomited profusely again 
And the medic was like, oh, you'll be fine. Oh just try, just, you know, just keep sipping water. It I'm should surprised be fine. they even give you a medic. I wonder how yeah. trained the medic actually was. No, she was a nurse. Okay, all right. You know, she was a practicing nurse. That's so, good. You know, she at least knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jeez. I couldn't walk because I was so weak from dehydration. And so one of the young men in my group, who I think was 17 at the time, was carrying me on his back. And then my... Trek Pa had to carry me on his back. And I mean, so uncomfortable thinking yeah. about that now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really sure. inappropriate. 14 year old girl yeah, on the no. back of two guys that she doesn't really know. No, I, I'd never met yeah. anyone in my family other than Just my friend that came with and me. And not needed. No. Like, why? Why no. the fuck? They could have let me sit down and, mm-hmm. you know, rest and not be dehydrated. But no, it took another probably seven hours before they realized what bad shape I was in. Mm-hmm. I was incoherent. I was close to being unconscious. And wow. They finally were like, hey, this might be a problem. We should probably get you some fluids <laughs> and get Lord. you out of the heat. Yeah. And the other thing was our guide got lost. So <laughs> fun. <laughs> we all ended up wandering around at, you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock at night and got to the camp. And apparently what they had at the camp was like thin beef broth Ugh. with carrots in it. And that's it. And that was it. <laughs> and <laughs> to be fair, my parents had no idea that it was going to be like that. And they were upset. Oh, Good. And I mean, you know my dad. Yeah. He's not someone you trifle with. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I, I'm pretty sure he was instrumental in a lot of the changes, Good. especially with my experience. <laughs> well, here's what I don't understand. How is that going to make anyone feel closer to God? Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Oh, there's, it's a the testimony, it's, there's a testimony meeting at the end that, that drives home the heart oh, cell. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I feature heavily in that testimony meeting. Oh, right on. <laughs> so I spent the night in the medic's tent. Well, the tent that they had for my friend and I, who both got dehydrated and had to have IVs. Mm -hmm. And then we met up with everyone else the next morning. Wow. Yep. I had to have two bags of fluids. I was so dehydrated. But they still put you back on the trail. The next day after I'd eaten something, yeah. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) Yeah. And for what? It's not like you're actually doing anything of of purpose. It's not like you are actually going somewhere for a reason. It's No, we were literally just wandering. God. And none of my Trek family would let me push the cart anymore, which I was like, uh, yeah, wasn't going to. Wasn't planning on it. <laughs> like, don't really want to be incoherent again. Yeah. Not a fan. Right. And uh, yeah, so, you know, the second day was fine. And I watched chickens get killed and that sounds fine yeah so tell me about that because we we didn't have to do that when i was a ma what was the what was the idea there what did they where did the chickens come from what was going on i don't know where the chickens came from but i remember my poor tender 14 year old heart was just horrified yeah it was really yeah you know people like to say kids need to know where their food comes from okay but you don't take a kid who has never seen death because it's not pretty and yeah, I get it. We kill animals to eat them, and that is part of life. But a kid who's already kind of traumatized yeah. by the experience. and or then he feels situ- ill. Yeah, you're in this situation. <laughs> Just because you eat meat doesn't mean as a child that you're prepared to see it happen. That's not something no. I think that you just throw a kid out to. That's sure. fucked up. And that's, I th- that's traumatizing. I think if yeah, you were raised yeah. on a farm where they have livestock or you, or you kill uh, either livestock or wild animals for your food growing yeah. up. Yeah. It's not thrust no, upon No, it's normal you. for you. Yeah. But a kid who has like 
pet chickens, you know, yeah, people have example. chickens as pets yeah. or gerbils or dogs, cats, things where all animals. Gerbils aren't good eaten. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not speaking from experience. What I meant was things <laughs> where. Have you eaten gerbils? Um, that was the one, one time in college. I'm just kidding. I didn't inhale. <laughs> God, Mary. My point is most kids these days that are around animals, they are pets. It's what's for dinner. Oh my God. So many things I did not know. What's the protein, fat, and carb count in a gerbil? I need to count my macros. Is <laughs> gerbil on the list? protein? Yeah, calories in I a think gerbil. gerbil is on keto. I think, I think you're good. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Anyway, the point being, that's traumatic for a kid who wasn't raised on a farm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Did, did you know that was going to happen? Did your parents know that was going to happen? What? No, there was no, there was no warning that that was going to happen to the, to the Trek parents. My parents had no idea. Who um, had to kill it? It was somebody who had been, I guess, brought in to do like like you come in and kill the cooking chickens? demonstrations, <laughs> and yeah, it was like, hey, if you want to try to kill a chicken, I was like, what? Okay, another problem I have: no <laughs> one should, no kid should be trying to kill a chicken. When an animal needs to be killed, you do it swiftly, you do it as painlessly as you can. You don't yeah. give a, a knife or a hatchet to a, a sixteen-year-old boy and say, "Good luck, start whacking." I mean, well, that's it wasn't just even, cruel. It wasn't even that they were wringing the chickens' necks, which Ooh. is even worse. Yeah, because they probably didn't get it right the first time. Probably not. Uh, fucking yeah. worse. Wow. Yeah, it was awful. It was awful. And then they were like, "Oh, we cooked up this nice fresh chicken," and I was like, "I'm good." I'm Good. Yeah, I can't I'm imagine good. you want to eat that. That was alive like an hour ago. I'm yeah. good. Wow. Like, I get that I need to know where my food comes from, but this is too much for me today. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was really traumatic also. And then they had, you know, gun demonstrations because... Because guns. Guns. <laughs> obviously <laughs> need mm-hmm. to be a thing that teenagers are... Exposed to and <sighs> watching people shoot. Yeah. Um, when they're they like, deprived and you yes, could like hungry. wash your apron. They had like washing boards and stuff down in the river. And I was like, I mean, I just want to lay down. Yeah. I actually don't give two shits about like, the, the cleanliness of my apron at this point. Yeah. I was like, we were walking in like ankle deep mud yesterday. I'm really not worried about yeah. my apron. God. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing that I'm Were the men about. asked to go wash anything in the... Some of the young men did. Okay. It was like, hey, here's some activities that yeah. you can do. Did you churn some butter? Like, what other things did uh, you have yeah, to do? Yeah, I think they did, like, butter in a mason jar where you put a marble in and you just shake mm-hmm. it up forever. Okay. And I was like... Not that they'd give you any bread to eat it with. <laughs> no. They're too busy starving you out. Yeah. They were like, oh, hey, we you can make bread in your Dutch oven. And I was like, nope. Wow. Not here for this. <laughs> I literally just laid on my sleeping bag pretty much all that day. Oof. And then that night, of course, we had testimony meeting. Oh, my God. Tell me all about the testimony meeting. Oh, it was so awful. It was so awful. So, of course, everybody's getting up, right? Everybody's got to share their feelings and how strong their faith is right now. So, uh, explain this to me. How does your faith get stronger through this experience? Because... We understand better our pioneer ancestors and what they went through. And, you know, even if you don't have pioneer ancestors, your family is a modern-day pioneer because they joined the church. And, yeah, I don't understand it. Did you personally feel like your faith was made stronger? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. I wonder if you had compared notes to some of the other kids if they're just faking it. During, oh, I'm sure most kids who bear their testimonies yeah. fake it. Their friend goes up, so they go up, so they go up, so they go up. Got it. Oh, yeah. And it's um, it's who can cry. I remember at Girls Camp being like, 
are you going to cry tonight? Are you going to cry tonight before testimony meeting? It's just one of these almost a pre-planned yep. thing. It's so fake. And there's yep. always the kid who gets up and bears testimony of while they're pushing the hand cart and they feel like they can't go on anymore. They felt like someone was pushing from behind and they turn around and there's nobody there. It's oh angels. Every fucking time someone has some whack-a-mole story about knowing their, their pioneer ancestors were there to help them. <laughs> Why would their pioneer ancestors come help? They, they're probably like, the fuck are you doing? We already did this. It was stupid the first time. Why are you celebrating our dumb mistakes? You know what I mean? Like, why are you doing this to yourselves? This was a horrible thing. What Mm -hmm. are you doing? Yeah. It's like you're making fun of us at this point. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. So what was, what was your uh, testimony meeting like? Oh, wow. So everybody who bore their testimony told some variation of the following story. We were on the women's poll and it was so hard. And the smallest girl on trek, hey, that's me, (laughs) was just, she was just so sick and she just kept pushing and it was so inspiring and blah, 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 blah. You know, even after the cart ran over her foot, which it did and it hurt a lot. Yeah. And so everybody's up there and I'm just sliding further and further down into my seat because I'm like the guy. Oh, they're bearing testimony of what you went through. Yeah, they're bearing testimony about me. Oh, God. And of course, (laughs) everybody's looking at me. And I'm just like, I am 14. I was the most awkward 14-year-old. I tucked my shirts into my pants. Like, I was awkward. Mm -hmm. And like, I was just like, oh, please just let me fall into a hole and die because I'm never going to live this down. And sure enough, everybody in the ward made fun of me for a really long time. For what? For being... That little... Yeah. For being the faith-promoting story. Oh, my God. And what's funny is you didn't want to be. You didn't even... Your faith was not improved. No, not You didn't think what you were doing was at all faithful. You were just being dragged along through this bullshit. and, And your misery somehow promoted other people's faith. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. You were a pawn. I was. Didn't even know it. I was a little oh bit. Oh my god! And honestly, I I really believe that my dad was the driving force behind all of the changes that they made. Like mm-hmm. he oh, was. I'm sure. I'm sure. And you don't want to piss off my dad. Mm-mm. He he's scary when he's angry. Did wow. you guys have any of those weird uh, the faith promoting activity? Um, I know when I was a ma, they had the one where they take all the kids and it's at night and you go to like this little hillside and it's super dark out. And there's a rope kind of strung through bushes and around this thing. You're supposed to follow the rope. What does that do? Well, you can't really see very well. You're supposed to follow the rope. And people that have that come to do this, they're like, oh, come this way. I have food for you. Oh, come over here. I have a flashlight. Oh, like trying to get you to let go of the rope, which is your testimony, you. right? <laughs> and then you finally get to the other side of the mountain, hill, whatever. And there's like all of your leaders and shit standing there in white like celestial glory and they're there to hug you and tell you they're so proud that you you held to your faith. Did they do any, any dumb shit like that for you? Not at Trek, but that definitely happened at girls camp one year. Oh yeah, yeah, girl. We're, we need to do an entire girls camp oh, uh, yeah, episode could, as well. We will for sure have you back yeah, for I that. Could bring some stories about that. My mom could too, actually. Yeah. That's funny. So what do you take from your Trek experience, both positive and negative? I'm going to have to think about the positive part. Uh, negatively, I was just miserable. I got mm-hmm. sick and I felt like nobody was listening to me. Mm-hmm. And well, they I, weren't, which is why seven no. hours into your dehydration, they finally were like, oh, we think something's wrong with her. Yeah. And I mean, like, they finally let my actual parents come and see me because rumors, nice rumors had been circulating that someone was really sick, you know, and it got back to my parents and my parents were like, oh, uh, wow. No. 
So nothing good. Yeah, not not really that I can think of. Um, I was really happy to go home and shower the roughly 75 pounds of dirt off my body. Mm-hmm. The other fun thing was that they wouldn't let any of us wear deodorant. What? <laughs> not anyone. Literally, people were confiscating deodorant from uh, You know, that teenagers. sounds familiar to me, actually. Yeah, it was horrifying. Like, the <laughs> why? smell. What is the point? Like, why make yourselves that? I don't get it. I don't fucking well, get it. you can't have modern comforts. Well, you also shouldn't have had an IV then. You should have died. I know. I was uh, like, you Gatorade. died of dysentery, right? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, they give you yeah, Gatorade. Gatorade. It's contraband. Uh, yeah, no, it wow. was it was just you know I just feel like they're great. making up some wacky rules and then oh well then this person's dehydrated we better give her some Gatorade which wasn't around no they mm-hmm. had it at the top of the hill like that was our reward for getting through the women's poll was Gatorade okay so it was planned and roughly fifteen minutes of rest before we all had to start moving so, forward that's so lame so you're allowed yeah. to have Gatorade but no one's allowed to have deodorant. No, <laughs> because that's considered modern. <laughs> no deodorant. You know, I'm starting to think this shit's all fake. You think? You think I'm, it might be fake. I'm starting to yeah, think yeah, so. Okay. So is this something you would ever want any of your kids to do to learn? I mean, I'm like, fuck no. But uh, is there? I mean, if they wanted to go, I would support them, and, and I would be like, them hey, when they come back? here's my experience, and it yeah. was miserable, and I almost died. Mm-hmm. So wait, are your kids in? church they still go to church yeah oh okay wow it's a yeah it's complicated this is a complicated this could be a longer show with Mm -hmm. family we yeah it's it's how much time you got (laughs) oh she can come back not enough (laughs) do you still go to church i don't okay i feel like if i were to let my kids go i would have to be up front with them with what's going to happen and what's going on and how they're trying to manipulate them like i would need them to go into it knowing that they were, the church was going to try to manipulate them to have these testimonies of their pioneers. That that's the one thing that bugs me actually more than how these poor kids are physically beaten down on this is that they yeah. are emotionally beaten down and spiritually beaten down, and it's like they break them completely so they can build them up with the Mormon it seems construct. Like a military I mean, tactic. I mean, it's kind of abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty yeah. abusive. It's a very common abuse tactic. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not okay so. with that. So if my kids were dying to go, I would say. Okay, well, let's sit down. Let's talk about the actual pioneer experience and, and how it was horrible, and how it was horrible, and how it was bad choices. And you know, if you want to go have fun and see if you can do it, like going on naked and afraid or on Survivor, great. Go see if you can handle it, but don't let that uh, emotional and spiritual manipulation play on you at all. Yeah, because to me, that's the most long-term harmful part of it all. Yeah, know that you're going to be exhausted. You're mm-hmm. going to be for the girls, especially wearing too many layers. Yep, for summer and. You're going to not have enough food to eat. You're going to mm-hmm. be dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, you might need an IV. Now. They feed them now. Oh. After me, they started feeding them. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. That's nice of them. And they made the women's pole more of a flat surface. Oh, also so. nice of them. <laughs> You're welcome, so. Annandale Steak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another reason I think they've changed things is that there have been, I'm, I'm sure there's more, but this is what I could find on the internet in a rush. One mom named Megan, 29 years old, Megan Blair from Arkansas, actually died of heat stroke on wow. trip. Oh, wow. Left behind two toddlers. Oof. So, hmm, was that worth it? No. I think not. That's horrifying. There was also a 74-year-old man and a 13-year-old girl who were hit by a truck when they were pushing their handcart and killed. Wow. So, guys, is this wow. worth it? What are we doing? Yeah. We could just 
you know, watch some slides of pioneers. <laughs> I, Seriously. I know. I know. Well, there's plenty Put of... It up on the overhead. I know. There's plenty of Mormon heart cell pioneer videos. If you're trying to, to manipulate and brainwash the kids, just let them watch it. Yeah. Um, don't make them do it because it's also uh, physically dangerous. So, yeah, that sucks. Wow. Speaking of, I think it's time we did a foom pod. I think it's time we took a break. Oh, you're right. Pay the bills. Okay. Go. Let's take a break. Be and right then back. we'll be right back. All right. Okay, we're back. We're back. We refilled our drinks. We paid some bills. The dogs are now fighting. So, um, you know. Typical uh, podcasting session. Sunday night, baby. So you were talking before the break about a foom pod. Sure was. Okay, I bet you're going to want to say cue music, aren't you? Cue music. It's the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. She never lets me say cue music, That's by the way. <laughs> Is it? Well, you know. <laughs> okay, Mary. Yes, Shelly. The fucked up Mormon phrase of the day today is, put your shoulder to the wheel. I remember this as a hymn we have sung. You, oh. we, we sang it on the podcast. Do you know this one? Put your shoulder to the wheel, move along. Nope, wrong. Try again. Put your shoulder to the wheel and move on. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> is this part of the Foom podcast? Push along. Hey, it is. <laughs> a little help from the guest. Hand <laughs> motions. Well, I just feel like this is some goofy hymn that's like been written in response to the whole Trek experience, right? Essentially. I get it right? I mean, did I get it right? Yes. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, you know, it did help that we, I believe we have sung this on the show before. So I think before. you only get a half, a half bell or whatever they are. I don't know that they come in half sizes. The bell is the bell. Whatever. All right. I'm going to look up the hymn real quick so you talk Just amongst talk yourselves. Amongst our, well, how was your cocktail, Rachel? It's, it's delicious. delicious. It's so good. Yeah. So grapefruit we, with the watermelon. Yeah, really. we got a little creative this time with mint and the grapefruit and the watermelon and a little agave, a little lime. Yeah. It's very refreshing. Yeah. And I think we put um, grapefruit and rose, like maybe rose water. Maybe it was the vodka. I think yeah. it's it's like some sort of fancy vodka. There's like a little floral undertone to it. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's not really super in your face though, like rose can be, where it's just right. Like, oh, I'm eating potpourri. Okay, I'm just gonna read some. Lyrics. No, we should sing it because we all know. We should to? definitely Put sing it. Okay. Shoulder. Give me someone. Give me a middle C. <clears throat> I don't Too know. Too high. Middle C. I don't. Are know. we all altos here? Uh, I already mm. picked a key. What is? Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. The world has need of willing men who wear the worker's seal. What the fuck is that, by the way? What's a worker's seal? I don't know. I always used to think that it was an actual seal. Oh, Oh, yeah, you don't know the the seal? (laughs) Exactly like that. Do you guys need a book? I mean, do we have hymn books to pass out? Just this one. <laughs> look, look it up on your, on your, on your, here. Pause. On the lapatapa. So here's what we're going to do. Because Mary just complained off camera. Um, <laughs> that she doesn't know the words. Um, and so here we're going to do. And not enough hymnals for everyone. They're not everyone. enough hymnals. So <laughs> it wasn't always problem. weird when you had to share a hymnal with someone that you didn't know next to you, like in a relief society or whatever. Oh, I hated that so then, much. Because then you're like, do you both hold one corner of the book? What if she's holding the book? Who turns the page? Like what, it, you know. So mm-hmm. awkward. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. It's trouble, <laughs> troublesome. Okay, so I will sing the verses, and you all may chime in for the chorus. Are you, every verse? It's not a super long song. It's not that long. Okay. I just follow my lead. All right. Give me my middle C again. 
It's not correct. Give me give me a lowish note because I seem like a dude. <laughs> the world has need of. Didn't we sing this one? The world has need of willing men who wear the worker's seal. Come help the good work move along. Put your shoulder to the wheel. The wheel. Put your shoulder to the wheel. Push along. Push along. Do your duty with duty. Full of song. Full of song. We all have work. Let no one shirk. Put your shoulder to the wheel. The The work to do is here for you. Put your shoulder to the wheel. (laughs) Then don't stand idly looking on. The fight with sin is real. Uh -uh. Don't you hate that shit? So real. The fight with sin is real. So that's why you have to put your shoulder to the wheel? (laughs) Because you're fighting sin? It will be long. (laughs) That's what she said. That's funny. It must go on. Well, here's my problem with putting your shoulder to the wheel. That actually doesn't get any work done at all. You're just shoving your shoulder. You gotta like roll your shoulder up like this to make the wheel turn. That's yeah, this song inefficient. Is all it doesn't, yeah, no. It doesn't it's, make sense. A, it might yeah. be fake. <laughs> <laughs> Can I please finish the last yes. verse? No. It's the important one. Then <laughs> work. No. Rachel just said no. She sure did. She shut this shit down. <laughs> Guest is getting a little. <laughs> She's getting a little big for our britches over there. <laughs> dropping stuff, too. She's dropping shit. stuff. All right. I am. Then work and watch and fight and pray with all your might and zeal. Push every worthy work along. Put your shoulder to the wheel. Whoever wrote that was just really excited to rhyme zeal with wheel. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, it's a good rhyme. It's a good rhyme. So there's your foom pod. That's special. I know. There's a lot of special um hymns. We're gonna we're gonna need to have like a special hymn episode because there's some crazy. Why shit would in there. again? Why would you put your shoulder to the wheel? Is that see? I thought that was something that everyone knew because it was so common in my household. But is that not like a normal people thing to say? Put your shoulder to the wheel. Like no? I think maybe like two hundred years ago. <laughs> so maybe just written. use your I mean, whole body, like your whole torso, to push. Is that what they're trying to say? Like not literally put your shoulder up against yeah, this it's like wheel. You're, you're putting your your arm strength, put and some like muscle in it. And typically, it. you push shit with your hands, though. Well, that is. But if you're true. physically turning a wheel, you is that your shoulder to it? Spokes. No, you wouldn't put your shoulder on. Is that what you're doing, or are you just pushing a handcart and there's wheels attached to it? No. Do we need to ask uh, Sister Fanny Fact Fanny Check? Fact check? <laughs> Where did that song come from? Seriously. Why are we putting our shoulder to the wheel? Yeah, what does it even do except bruise your shoulder? <laughs> I don't know. I don't Why would you put it on a wheel? <laughs> exactly. If you said put your shoulder to the back of the handcart, I mean, I, mean, I don't think shoulders stone. really are part of it. I mean, when you're pushing, you need your muscles. Put your, really your it should be put your muscle to the wheel. Yeah. Put your, I would have sang the shit out of a put your muscle to the wheel song. <laughs> I mean, awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, that was um, fantastic. Uh, so great. Yeah. I do want to read this other Trek letter. Well, let's do it. Yeah. So this was somebody we met at um, Utah Pride, and she had a pretty fantastic Trek story. And I was like, please send it in. Because this is too great. So it's from Taylor S. And she writes, Hey, Mary and Shelly, love the show. Thanks, Taylor. Appreciate that. Thank you, Taylor. Loved meeting you both in person at Pride. You ladies are great. And thank you. Back at you. Thank you. Shelly having to sew her own dress for Trek is hilarious and such a Mormon experience. Um, It's some bullshit is what that is. (laughs) (laughs) And hilarious. She's fine. She's not wrong. By the way, real quick, if any of you are newish listeners or have not yet watched Mary's Trek video on YouTube, get there now. Watch it. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty funny stuff. Just Mm -hmm. look up Latter-day Lesbian Trek, right? 
Latter-day Lesbian Podcast Trek. Exactly. Carry on. She says, I mentioned a story about my own Trek experience, and she did. Mm. I thought I'd write in with a few extra details I left out last time. When I was a Laurel, which is such a stupid thing, by we the way. We went over that a couple weeks hate ago. It. Yeah. yeah. Hate it, hate They're it. preparing to uh, make and keep sacred covenants at age 17. Anyway. So it's, it's a 17-year-old? It's totally fine. Totally fine. It's totally normal to prepare for a marriage Laurel. at age 16 and 17. And at age 12. Well, they oh, do kind of prep yikes. you then. Yeah. Right. No, we started doing stuff when I was 12. Oh, yikes. God. Totally normal. So when she was a Laurel, her ward decided to do a winter trek. Oh, yeah, fun, right? Jesus. I didn't sew my own dress, but we did have to wear Pioneer getup. They divided us up into families, which is kind of like what you were talking about, of two or three, and assigned each of us a baby doll to take care of. So we walked God knows how many miles in at least a foot of snow in 15-degree weather. That's 1-5, everybody, 15. Jesus. Alternating within our families between holding the baby and pulling the cart while singing hymns, as you do. Did they sing, put your shoulder to the wheel? They probably did. And they were like, how do we put our shoulder on this wheel? <laughs> Does it make sense? They probably were wondering that okay. same thing. All right. Uh, singing hymns with only a small ration of beef jerky and trail mix to keep us going. God. That is not safe. No. Mm-mm. We ran into some skiers. And my young woman's leader stopped to explain to them exactly who we were and why we were doing this. They must have thought we were nuts. <laughs> yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure this actually did not take place in Utah. This was a, like a non-Mormon state. I think she wrote back in and said, by the way, this was not in Utah. So it was really weird for the skiers when they saw us. Um, so maybe Colorado? I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm positive, Let's, actually. We'll wait and see when we get there. Okay. okay. How about that? Near the end, our leaders had us stop and told us they had horrible news. One of the babies had frozen to death. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It was my groups, which they chose specifically because one of the girls in my group had taken the baby the entire time and had grown emotionally attached to this baby doll. To a doll. Ugh. So they, what do they do? They yank the baby. Don't get too attached to that. We're going to... Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to die on the trail. That's really... Any grown-up <laughs> right. who's okay with this shit, you are a bad person. Yep. We buried the doll in the snow and made a makeshift grave marker while my poor friend sobbed uncontrollably. Oh, my God. I know. The mental abuse. Seriously. It's so fucked up. It's real fucked up. That's horrifying. Yeah. We ended the trip with a river crossing. Okay, once again, 15 degrees, Jesus. everybody. But since we didn't have a proper river, we just kind of stood there in a freezing cold stream for a while to try to get the same experience of crossing the Mississippi. <laughs> Do you oh want God. frostbite? Because that's how you get that's frostbite. That's how you get frostbite. Totally. Like, that's exactly how, actually. Well, she said, let me tell you, that hurt like hell. I bet it really did in 15 degree weather. So they made them stand in water to get the experience. Uh-huh. Yep. After <laughs> they so stupid. After, after they, they buried, buried a baby. A, buried a doll. Yeah. I mean, if a parent did that, CPS would be involved. Oh, you're right. Right? Pretty immediately. That's very true. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Of course, we followed this up with some heart cell, a -hmm. tearful testimony meeting, and watching 17 Miracles. What's that? Oh, God. What is it? It's a Mormon heart cell movie. Okay. It it shows like different faith-promoting bullshit stories. Next movie night? Yeah. Next movie night, baby. Me and you and some vodka. (laughs) So (laughs) much vodka to get through that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At the time, all of this felt like a testimony builder, like it's supposed to, right? Right. Manipulation. Mm -hmm. I felt such pride in my pioneer heritage after seeing what they had to go through. Now it just makes me sad that they felt they needed to sacrifice so much. 
including their own lives or the lives of their loved ones, for what turned out to be a crazy sex cult. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep, you said it, hon. Especially knowing that, especially for the women, their suffering wasn't going to end once they reached Utah. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. But more than anything, looking back now, this might be the most fucking bizarre thing I've ever done. Taylor. Oh, Taylor. She didn't say what state. She she wrote back afterward and said, oh, yeah, by the way. It wasn't in Utah. It was not in Utah. So imagine you're a skier. Or Idaho, I would guess. Yeah, it was somewhere like not Mormon. Imagine you're a skier and you're skiing and you come across this trail of children carrying fake babies, <laughs> like freezing or standing in wearing icy water. Wearing pioneer clothes. Yeah, wearing pioneer clothes. Don't you call the cops like now, like fucking now. You're like, Warren Jeff's people have escaped. We need to help them. <laughs> feel like I mean, that. For real. I'm like, the leaders are like, this is fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. We do this. This is totally normal. This is normal yeah. thing. It, we're all fine here. I bet those skiers tell that story to all of their friends all the time. Remember Probably. that time we were in Colorado and... Right, wherever they were. Oh my God, this is crazy. The, the, the abuse, the mental abuse, the spiritual abuse, and the fact that any child would look back on that and have it strengthen their testimony just screams cult. Yeah, screams it, screams it. Would look back. They're manipulating on a you. Experience and say, "I'm so glad I did that." Yeah, I am not glad I did that. No, not at all. No, even when I was super. Super Molly Mormon. Good. Yeah, I never. I, was just I never. Like, no, this was a horrible experience, and I could have died. Yeah, as an adult, when I Brent and I went as mom, pause. I hated it the whole time. I bitched about it forever. Brent actually told me like two days into trek, he's like, "You really need to stop complaining so loudly because people are hearing you." <laughs> I just thought it was all stupid. Like, why are we here? Why are we doing this? I hate this. Yeah. Well, it was stupid. Well, you're right. It, it was out. stupid, as mm-hmm. it turns out. Yeah. Well. These were special stories, you guys. I know. I know. <laughs> we are for sure going to need to do another episode. I have more letters and things to read about Trek. But it was super awesome having a real-life Trek storyteller. Trek in our survivor. Midst. A Trekkie. We have a Trek survivor. <laughs> well, I am a Trekkie, though. That's true. Oh, I mean. He's Trekkie. Got it. Different meanings. Dual meaning there. That's right. Yeah. Did you want to do a he said what today? Sure, I'll do a quick he said what. Okay, you going to join us? Mm-hmm. Sure. He said what? That's that was good. Nice. I liked it. <laughs> I feel like we had a little harmony there. It was slight. Beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was good. All right. Today's he said what brought to you, and I think we give this guy a little too much uh, screen time here. Screen time. Screen meaning spit screen. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Comes again from our good friend, asshat extraordinaire, Dallin H. Oaks. Oh, Dallin H. Oaks. We haven't heard from him in a week or so. <laughs> in have a week? We? Uh, no, it was uh, M. Russell Ballard last week, I think. Okay. Was it? Yeah, I think it was. I don't know. Yeah, Kimball, yeah, yeah. Ballard. I don't know. They're all running together. It was. It was the um, Where Will You Go? Where Will You Go? Oh, Set to jazz where music. To go, you jackass. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He says, in our day, as in the days of earlier pioneers, Those in the lead wagon set the direction and signal onward, but it is the faithful men and women in the wagons which follow that provide the momentum and motive power for this great work. (laughs) Basically saying, uh, the leaders know what's up. You people need to follow. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you could hear me rolling my eyes, (laughs) but it was pretty extreme. Yeah, I heard them like hit the back of your skull. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that shit where it's like, it's this patronizing like, oh, you little followers, we need you. We need you to follow the leaders. Mm-hmm. At the same time, being like the leaders know what the fuck they're doing. You need to follow. They just love re- to just kind of reiterate that all the time. Yeah. Follow the leaders, follow. the ones in charge, the lead wagon, set the direction and signal onward. Don't question. Don't question. This goes back to 
These people who died going across the plains, who buried children, who got hypothermia, who lost limbs, who all that shit that I was reading at the beginning of the podcast, Mm -hmm. they suffered that because they chose to follow their leaders. Mm -hmm. It's bullshit. You need to follow yourself. Yeah. So for me to honor my pioneer heritage, I'm sorry, but I don't. I'm sad that they were manipulated and believed in someone who sucked ass. And I'm sorry that they struggled and I'm sorry that they died. That sucks. But their life is not one that I would ever choose to pattern my life after. Mm -hmm. I hear you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you think it's just scary for people to try to follow their own path or their own Compass or inner, I've heard it described as a GPS, an inner GPS. It's terrifying for someone like me who's so used to following the rules. There's comfort in following the rules. You don't have to think, you just do what the rules say. And when you start stepping outside the rules, it's really intimidating because you have to own your choices. It's not, oh, someone told me to do this. It's you have to be ready to take consequences and things. Yeah, and you so, weren't trained yeah. for any of that. No, no. Yeah. I I have always been a follower, and yeah. So, so how's it going for you? Do you find any peace now, having been out of the church for like a year, and hope hopefully it will come as you keep staying out, um, that the consequences that come with your choices, whether they're good or bad, they are still yours, and so there's a warmth in that being your mess that you chose. Do you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, there is some of that. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's a weird journey yeah. realizing that I can trust myself. Yeah. And a lot of my anxiety is second guessing myself. Yes. So, yes. you know, thanks for reinforcing that. <laughs> I do what I can. Church, like it's great. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. church. Okay, no, good. Not it's not either. on me. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> but it's it's definitely a process. There are times where I still have that crushing guilt. And I'm like, oh, I'm the worst human. Like So when you uh, have that guilt, what is it you're thinking? What is your brain telling you? That I'm a disappointment to to my parents, to God, to the church. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel like to my husband, even though he's he doesn't care, but you still feel like yeah. Do you feel like you're a disappointment to yourself, or do you feel like you're being true to yourself? I have finally gotten to the point where I feel like I'm being true to myself. Good. That's Um, progress. yeah. Yeah. This year for me has been more about being my authentic self, and that's what led me to come out publicly as bi and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of address all a lot of that with my parents and everything. And that's huge. Yeah. It was, that, that, does, that doesn't seem to come from someone who has anxiety and depression and all these issues. Like well, that's a huge step. That's huge. Yeah. And a lot was, of people will never do that. It was terrifying. And oh, I've yeah, been talking to my therapist yeah. about this for a couple years now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I was, I went in one week and I just knew. I knew it was time. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I need to talk to Casey about this. Casey's my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is this is who I am. Like, it doesn't change doesn't change our marriage at all. It doesn't change the fact that I that I love him and that he supports me and that I support him. And, you know, yeah. but it's just like this is a huge part of me that I've just been hiding for yep. so long. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. It's big a year awesome. for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I turned year. 30, so I just give no fucks anymore. Good for you. Yeah, when I was 30, I just had my third kid. I still had four more to go. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, God. Oh, to go back in time and be like, Shelly, stop. Just, uh, I was done your legs. at 25. Good Jesus, for you. I had my first at 25. Bro, you crushed it. How many children do you have? Just two. 
Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Yep, just two. Still get asked if we're having more. Because <laughs> Mormons. Well, of course. I mean, I, if God. I was still in, I would think the same thing. I'd think either you have infertility issues or you're wicked. Yeah. That's it. You're really? either choosing not to have more, which is wicked, or you have infertility issues, which is like, I mean, if you were as if you were as if you were faithful, if you were as faithful as I was, you could have popped out seven like I did. It's so fucked up. No, I am. I'm fertile myrtle like you. Yeah. Like I was off birth control for a week. So and you're got choosing with to my first, be so. wicked and selfish by not having more kids. Yep, yeah. I had my tubes tied because I was like, I will have a full mental breakdown if I have a third child. So this but is the not Lord, a thing. But the Lord will bless you. He'll make it all okay. He will never give no. you more than you can handle. No, he's given me more than I can handle. <laughs> exactly. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I walk a fine line between mental breakdown wow. and sort of stability. But mm-hmm. I just can't believe that Puppet Master God wants people to have more children. I just don't understand Well, here's it. the thing. I don't either. There might not even be a God. A. B. Whatever God we're imagining would say this is make-believe. It's what our Mormon upbringing and a lot of, a lot of religious upbringing has created by people. Men. Yeah, by men, not people. Men, men. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, and at the time, think about it this way. Joseph Smith was starting a new religion. He wanted a lot of people in it. So how do you get more people in your religion? You birth them. Babies. Mm-hmm. And then All when the babies. Brigham and the pioneers, those that survived, he took got that to Utah. Ran with it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They wanted a lot of kids, Brigham's right? a real perv. They needed to populate yeah. the state, right? With all his sister wives or whatnot. Aye, so that's aye, what aye. they did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to me, certain things are just outdated mm-hmm. in religion, because the Bible was written, you know, thousands of years ago, mm-hmm. and the Book of Mormon was written a couple hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's time to update these things, yeah. people. Yeah, get it together, people. Yeah. Get it the fuck these together. These things are outdated. I know. We don't need more kids. Which is why, um, no, those of you who are listening, you need to listen to our last week's episode of LDL Letters, a letters written in about someone who is trans man. Did I say that right? Uh yeah, trans trans male. man, yeah, trans male, and decided to join a church to find a community because he listened to words from the Dalai Lama saying this is that you should fix yourself, then fix your community. You know, like be yourself and then mm-hmm. sp- spread the love sort of thing. And um, which I mean, that's pretty solid advice. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Solid. But this this church community that he joined, this church community was specifically trying to find ways to grow into what the world needed. That is beautiful. Mormonism doesn't yeah. try to grow into anything. They're like, God said this, and that's what we do. Fuck the rest of the world. Yeah. Whereas this church community was like, how do we best go along with what people need? It's different today than it was 10 years ago. It's beautiful. Yeah. And so, you know, they sort of put this guy on the spot a little bit, but he was willing to do it. The pastors of the church asked him if he wanted to kind of bear his own testimony about um, his transition experience, mm-hmm. et cetera. And it was kind of a big leap for him, but he decided to do it. And through this process, people are sort of softening their hearts. They're yeah. they're less judgmental because it's kind of like, you know, it's us versus them. Oh, right. yeah. But when you know some thems, mm-hmm. it makes a huge difference when you can actually get to know some people who are different from you. It's not as scary. Very true. Yeah, right? can, you ma- can you imagine a Mormon bishop inviting a transgender person up on the stand to talk to the crowd about their about their, experience? their transition? <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, that bishop would misgender the person. A, yeah. Willfully. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you were born female, so I'm going to call you Sister Jones. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Family proclamation. Oh, Family God. proclamation. Write that down. You don't know that one? No. Ooh. Oh, my God. Move on. Okay, right. Although, but I do feel... Um, it's not even a phrase. It's... 
damn lecture. (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of feel a little bit elevated when I do win one of these foom pods. It's not often. Listen, if what if we had already sang the song together, I'm not sure that it counts as you winning. I mean, that's like I Are already you trying to, to take you. my win back. Okay, if, the, if you want this win, you have like two on the entire. Wow, she's so harsh. Are you hearing? It's that? called it's competitive. Pretty, yeah, <laughs> she is competitive. I mean, <laughs> it's true. It is Shelly. It's true. I know true she story. is competitive. Mm-hmm. All right, we're probably running out of time, but I would like to wrap this up with a pioneer song. Oh, another song. Yeah. This oh, is, again, beautiful. one of those ones that is beaten to you when you're a child. It's called Pioneer Children Sang As They Walked. I think I can get some music to play for this. Hold on. Let me see. That would be amazing. Mm, that's your note. Mm. <laughs> Fuck. Pioneer children sang as they walked and walked and walked and walked. Pioneer children sang as they walked and <laughs> too walked high. and walked and walked. The song's like the streams <laughs> and worked and played. Sundays they camped and read and prayed. Week after week they sang as they walked and walked and walked and walked can and walked. Can we just read the lyrics? Pioneer children sing as they walked and walked and walked and walked. <laughs> Pioneer so children sing as they walked and walked and walked and walked. They watched at streams and worked and played. Sundays they camped and read and prayed. Week after week they sang as they walked and walked and walked and walked and walked. That sounds boring as fuck, if you're asking me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why we always sing that song in the primary. Know. And got frostbite. Uh-huh. They should have like, been Pioneer children sing as they buried their little sister. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And had frostbite in the, in the snow and then watched their mom and dad die. And had to wring a chicken's neck. <laughs> and still had to keep walking. <laughs> All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to send out a challenge to our listeners. Rewrite this song and we will sing it on the next episode. On the next Trek episode, which we have to do another one because I still have so much shit. We will sing your lyrics to this music. To Pioneer Children? Yep. Wow, everyone's clamoring to their keyboards right now. They're getting it. You, listen, you can find it on the church website, which is no longer mormon.org. It's now churchofjesuschrist.org because using the word Mormon is a win for Satan. Win for Satan. Go Satan. Go Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's our challenge. You rewrite it and we will sing that Okay. I'm so glad well, that, I'm mm-hmm. not going to be here for that. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. That's like, you know you're going to submit an entry, though. I mean, uh-huh. maybe. That's a great challenge. <laughs> when we um, used to sing that, I would just say, and walked over and over and yeah, over again. And walked and walked and walked. Time. Oh, yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Yes. Because no one really knows the whole part about watch it, streams and work and play. You're just no. like waiting for the walk and walk to come yep. again. That's all we knew. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm on pins and needles waiting for that chorus. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh-huh. solid. It's riveting. Totally. <laughs> Walked and walk. Maybe we'll play um, all those submissions we're going to get, being sarcastic, along with <laughs> Modest is Hottest, because that's a really we great song, We are getting too. submissions. <laughs> People will write in, I'm telling you. <laughs> all right. Before we wrap this whole thing up, I, okay. I want to do a little um, shout out to Redbubble. Oh, yeah. Go. So Redbubble is a way for us to make t-shirts that not a lot of people might want, but some people might want. So it's also great because... I want them. Yeah. You know, it sounds kind of like a commercial right now, but on our shop page, latterdaylesbian.org slash shop, you can see some stuff that we actually have inventory of, like the Foompod shirt we actually have here in unisex sizes, as well as the fake t-shirt mm-hmm, yep. mm-hmm, and some other stuff. If you look at the bottom of the page, there's some um, pictures of items that have a RB in red, for, stands for red bubble. That will take you to a link of that item. Here's the crazy thing. If you get a shirt 
from Redbubble. You can get it as a clock. You can get that design. You can get it as a mini skirt. You can get it as a skirt. You can get it as a clock. A garment bottom. I'm kidding. You can't. Garment bottom? <laughs> like the, oh, the garment. jeans. Undergarments. But it was a joke. You can't do that. <laughs> no, you can't. You can get it as like a Why iPhone case. To? iPhone case? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. No, oh, you wouldn't. Awful. I, th- I think they might even have like shower curtains on there or something. It's I don't amazing. know. It's kind of nutty. I mean, if you're really dedicated... Sure, yeah, you should Which get a shower curtain. Our listeners are <laughs> obviously. I, I want to see a shower curtain cool. in someone's bathroom that says, Boom "I'm pod. starting to think it's I'm all fake." To think it's all fake. <laughs> <laughs> or hashtag boompod. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, I know. So anyway, um, there's also a toaster shame. Yeah, so I made a couple of shirts that not a lot of people are going to want. Kind of like I've been toaster oven shamed, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's a sad piece of toast. Yeah, so check yeah. it out. Poor also, um, I'm working on a design right now for um, Dan. How we say, always say, leave it in, Dan. Mm-hmm. That will be a shirt. Didn't we just have another idea? And we were like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Oh yeah, what was it? Well, I'll think about it. Okay. Okay, it'll come back to us. It might have been a picture of Mary's underboob. Is that it? <laughs> 100% that's it. That's what I'm getting. And it's going to be on a shower curtain, goddammit. <laughs> like the biggest underboobs you have ever seen. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah. Um, this is the happiest I've been in so wow. long. I could just... I could just walk in the bathroom while you're taking a shower and throw, thrust yeah, my underwear up to the shower curtain. True, and you do. But what if you're already at work and I'm like getting up late and I just want to see a little underboot? That's under-boot. what Marco Polo is for. Oh, that does happen as well. At work, though? Hmm. I don't know. Might not happen at work. <laughs> it's pretty risky. <laughs> Interesting. Well, there you have it. Okay, so not my underboob, but <laughs> there'll be other designs that uh-huh. people may or may not want. I'm just throwing it out there. Yep. Red bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're trying to come mm-hmm. up with, you know, things from our podcast, little catchphrases. So, you know what? If you guys have any catchphrases that you seem to like, send it in. We, we might make a design. We might not. Depends on the time we have, but it doesn't hurt to to make a suggestion. Yeah. We will for sure take the suggestions from our patrons first, um, seeing as how they are subscribers to the show. We appreciate that. So, yeah, send some oh, in. Oh, yeah. Also, patrons, this is for you. No one else listen. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to the patrons Only right patrons. now. Everyone else, plug your ears. Hey, go. Plug your ears. <laughs> patrons, I'm working on ringtones. Yep. That's right. Ringtones mm-hmm. for your phone for mm-hmm. the patrons. Where yep. like when your mom calls and it's like, it's the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day, right? I'm going to change it to fucked up Mormon call of the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when your mom calls, oh my God. your, your uh, TBM friends and family, when they call, you can, you can select that ringtone for them. What happens Texts. if you're like sitting next to your mom at Thanksgiving dinner and she actually, she actually <laughs> butt dials you? <laughs> Well, there's also going to be there's going to be clean and explicit versions okay, of those, right. but it'll still say effed up Mormon call of the day. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> all right, look for that okay. in the next couple of weeks. Beautiful. I guess we should wrap this one up. Yeah, Rachel, thank you yeah. so much for coming on. It Seriously. was a pleasure to be here. Oh, Rachel's a so party. Happy we've been drinking. We've yep. been laughing. Mm-hmm. Eddie's mm-hmm. been all up in our business. I good recommend times. watermelon and mint in cocktails. Yes. And grapefruit. Really good. Wait, what was that last concoction that you made? Yeah, there's a little... Did, did you have that? I don't think I don't you had you that. No, you had the watermelon mint. You were like, no grapefruit. <laughs> well, it's still amazing. <laughs> it's true. Watermelon and mint is a delightful did combination. Did you put grapefruit in yours? Yeah. Let me try it. Can I try it? Okay, yeah. On the air You here? can try this. Mm-hmm. Wow, Taste you testing. drink really slow. That's probably not <laughs> a good indication of how I drink. That's good. That's tasting. We talked a lot. 
We did. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not the extrovert here. It's fine. That's okay. No <laughs> pressure. Okay. No pressure okay. to be an extrovert. Yeah. You be you, baby. All right. Should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Okay. Once again, thank you, Rachel, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. Of Absolutely. We'll do it again. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. That'll do it for this week. Uh, in the meantime, have your pet spayed or neutered. Have your pet spayed or neutered, and <laughs> steer clear of cults because they are no fucking joke. No fucking joke. (laughs) Talk to you later. Bye-bye.